Hey, everybody. The audio for this week's podcast, taken, of course, from our vidcast, is a victim of some pretty annoying sputtering and buffering and burping owing to what we believe is some server issues due to the massive increase in usage of Zoom and assorted other platforms that are jamming up the broadband, like that triple cheeseburger in a major artery. Simply put, it's simply not listenable. So we've opted to take a hard pass on posting it this week. The vidcast, available at our Facebook page, at We Be The Blab, is actually watchable if you don't mind doing some clicking through the part where our faces freeze up like Macaulay Culkin. In the meantime, here's an encore presentation of a podcast episode from the days when buffering was something two people in love could joyfully do to each other. And not that thing that makes you want to apply a ball-peen hammer to whatever device you're using to try and listen. Thanks for understanding, and let's take another shot at it next week. Talk is cheap. Conversation is priceless. This is The Blab. Yes, indeed, you do. That's what they say. That's and they say it's what the I hear. Blab. You know, let's just let me just minor canon you first thing tonight. There's a lot of people who wouldn't hand a loaded gun to a two-year-old. And there's a lot of people who would not turn to a jackhammer operator and say, here, you do this heart transplant surgery. And there aren't many people who would sit down, get comfortable, lock themselves in on the 747, knowing there was a tantrum throwing five-year-old at the controls. So why, as my alphabet teacher would say, XY, WXY, are there so many people who think, the guy who has let numerous hotels and casinos go down the toilet is doing a peachy job with their money, okay? Now, your money, my money, not his money, their money, your money, our money. And how do you let a casino go bankrupt in the first place? So let's put our cards and our credit cards on the table first thing tonight for openers. <laughs> All right, I'm just going to tell you a true confession, and you and I have had a little bit of this conversation already, but let me set the let me set the tone here with this thing. Okay, I am not a rich guy. I live a middle class lifestyle. I got a little money in the bank. I'm on Social Security because I've reached that point. I have a little investments from some money that I inherited when my dad died, but nothing in the way. I'm When they say that every family is like one paycheck away from disaster, I'm three, four paychecks and a little investment away from disaster. There I don't have a lot of money, but right. I have the luxury of being able to kind of live frugally, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. That said, and I'm only telling you this for context in the situation here. Okay. Thanks to... The last time the stock market went south badly, and this was at the end of last year, I found out when I did my taxes that I lost personally almost $10,000. Okay. Okay. The other day, when mouths were open and tweets were tweeted and tariffs were tariffed and the stock market lost 700 points in one day, I checked. I took me two days. I just I don't, I don't want to look at it because I knew it would piss me off. I looked up the portfolio total. I dropped another three grand. Now, in the great big scheme of things, and that's money that probably I may or may not get back because it could work its way back through the stocks it, it and the investments and back, stuff. Yes. But, but last year, I just lost eight to ten thousand dollars. Well, I, I mean, how much did you gain prior to the drop? 
because well, that's that's you have to take that into I consideration. I understand the mathematics that's involved, but the point of this, and this is what I, I say, Pascal. Of course, you do for no other reason. When we talked about this the first time, when he does this, not understanding that everything that comes out of a president's mouth has an enormous impact socially, culturally, and, of course, financially. And of course. This, and let me just share with you for the final context before I, I really let you you know answer the question that okay. I want to ask. I posted this on Facebook when I was in a little snit about what went on with the, with the tweet or whatever the hell it was this past week when the stock market did, and this is what I said, and I'm quoting myself. The primary problem with letting Donald play pissing contest with China is that most of us mm-hmm. don't have the luxury of unlimited funds guaranteed by the ease with which we can stiff vendors, stiff investors, stiff world banks, and assorted other sources of capital. And I closed captioned it for the MAGA folks. His fucking up the stock market, retail prices, farm income, soybean prices are at a 10-year low. Okay, and okay. China's going, or then they're going elsewhere for their purchases. Okay. It's not going to put a single damn ding in his gold-plated toilet lifestyle. Okay. But it could very easily put Meemaw and Papa and their offspring out of business permanently. And I came up with a campaign slogan for him. You know, make, keep America great or whatever the hell he was talking about using. I got a better one at the rate he's going financially. Okay. Trump 2020, because selling apples on the street corner is the real American dream. Well, what do you got? Regarding the tariffs. I mean, I'm not asking you to, to, defend, no, no, no. to defend him. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm, I, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to lay this out there for you. Regarding the tariffs, America has been treated unfairly by China's tariffs for decades. I mean, do you know what the, you know what the tariff is yeah. for, for China? 4%. Okay. Do you know what we pay? 10%. Okay. Now, China is an increasingly hostile entity towards us with regard to theft of intellectual property, meddling in our elections, yes, more, even more than Russia. Yeah. Okay, and you know this. Mm-hmm. I and Mike Baker from the CIA, I, I sent you that clip. Mm-hmm. So how, how do you deal with an increasingly hostile entity that has been shortchanging us for years. I'm just asking you. I'm not saying that Trump, no, no. Trump is correct. I, okay. But I'm, I'm, I'm letting you know that is why. Well, first of all, I'm waiting, I'm, I'm waiting to see if your question is rhetorical or you literally want me to answer you. No, I would like to. What, what do you suggest we do with China? Just let things be? No. Let but, them lay? No. But, th- but, you, but you illustrate a wonderful point, and the point that I've made time and again, and, and every time you and I have any conversation about this kind of stuff, we always fall back into that, and you, you and I are kind of on the, if we're not on the same page, we're at least in similar paragraphs on the same page. Right. I don't have a problem with what needs to be done. Right. I have a serious problem with the way he does with it. With the way he does it. And, okay. and and I get that. Yeah. He is that guy. He's the jackhammer operator going into the going into the operating room to do heart surgery. Right. Well, here here's Now let me just put this out here to you. you China's to buy, main you buy me dinner. <laughs> China's main income in the world is exporting. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry, I was laughing. But you know that, right? George Costanza, yeah. import export. Import export. <laughs> Fan delay. He just wants to give up the importing, yeah. but not the export. Um, their 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 main income is from exporting. I got okay. it. Okay. I got it. Our economy is 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 actually at a pretty good place. I mean, every 
you have to agree with that. No, I don't have to agree with it. I will I will grant you that some some progress. No. See, this is one of those things. And as a matter of fact, this turns around to where we're kind of going to go next okay. here in a minute. And I said this last week. And I also, and I'm mindful of this for our watching and listening audience. Yes, I'm aware of the fact that I don't want us to be a broken record every week and do the same thing. So I'm kind of conscious of that. But that said, when I said last week in what I, in my head seemed like a humorous satirical bar, but probably came off pretty harsh, I said, if I hear the fucking term booming economy one more time, I'm going to fist up and cold cock somebody because that's bullshit in the sense that, okay. I, and the other day when I was trying to grasp in my own head what, how I wanted to express this to you because I knew we'd talk about this. I don't see what what's going on as a booming economy. I see it as a bipolar economy. I see it as advancement and bipolar. Way up, way down, way up, way down, and that zeroes back to the jackhammer operator who's trying to do heart surgery, or even worse than that, the jackhammer operator who thinks that he's a world-class heart surgeon and nobody's got the balls, brains, or guts to tell him that he doesn't. He doesn't know what the hell he's doing, and he won't listen anybody well i think in this particular case and i know the tweets and things don't help they they they're they're terrible they've always been terrible they will always be terrible for for society for the economy for everything that he yeah. does but he's hitting china at a good time because our economy can withstand something like this at this particular point in time yeah. and i don't think that theirs can because they have a very fragile economy based on a, a sole exporting alone is all they do. And we are their biggest we are we we are their we import them more than any other country in the world. Yeah. So if he suddenly hits them with a high tariff, they're going to speak in June and they will hammer this out because China doesn't want this as much as you don't want this. Again, I agree with you in that these things, as far as like with what China is doing and not, right. they need to be reined in, they need to be dealt with. Everything in the world needs to be dealt with. Right. Again, I'm only... You don't, I, you don't like the operator. You don't no, like I don't like the message. I don't like the methodology mm -hmm. because I think it's ill-advised. I think it's dangerous. I think it has the... Well, how would you go about it if well, you were in charge? Well, let's, you know, give me a week. We'll do an entire show on that if you want to. I mean, I'm not I don't really want to, but I mean... Well, <laughs> but I'm saying off the top of my head, it's The more, phone number's down in the corner. Call in if you would like to hear an entire episode of Scott's... <laughs> or just, 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 just go on the... Comment on the uh, Facebook Live if you want to. No, I don't want to do a whole show on it either. What I'm saying is it's I'm not going to be glib about it. I, off the top of my head, well, I, no, I'm not going to just go... Oh, no problem. What I do know is that there's a reason that there's a re there's a, there's a reason diplomats exist. Yes, yes. There's I a agree. reason diplomacy exists. I agree. Donald Trump has been given the luxury, in my opinion, it's a luxury, and it's it's in a totally erroneous, not erroneous. It's a totally inappropriate luxury, okay, and mm -hmm. even disadvantageous and a negative kind of thing. And reaping right. results, he's being enabled. Okay, I can say what I want. I can do what I want. I can say whatever I want, and everybody loves me, and so I'm, you know, and I'm terrific, and I'm the best, and, he, it's, and it's all bullshit. And in the end of the day, that's harmful. But Scott, he, he, yes, I agree with you there, and that is his attitude. But that doesn't mean he's always wrong. Uh, see, 
You no, you automatically think he's always wrong. He's not no. wrong in this case. No. Now I, I agree. The messenger and maybe the way he's doing it is not the appropriate way to do it, but he's not wrong. China needs to be re- reined in. Okay, you know that, and I know that. We're not connecting, but and that's unusual. What you what you what you keep coming back at me with is that Donald's not always wrong. Right. Okay. I <laughs> know he's not always right. I haven't seen anything he's done methodology wise that makes me go good on you, buddy. Okay. I think he's a blunt tool. And I think he's the equivalent of let's say that you put on a few pounds. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just as a simple example, let's just say you really that, hurt my feelings, but yes, go ahead. It's totally out of the realm of possibilities because you know, in your work, you burn 70,000 calories I'm a minute. You look, you looking good. <laughs> You know, I, I, it's all I can do to keep from crawling over the table and giving you a big smoochie. That would get. But raining. let's say you put on a few pounds. Yes. And I, now, I thinking maybe, and I probably wouldn't bring it up at all because it's none of my damn business. But if I thought for some reason that it was important that you know that, I would re- even being me, I would try to do it in some fashion to kind of let you know. Hey, you want to do some working out today or whatever? You know, the kind of subtle sort of thing that goes on. It's called diplomacy. You wouldn't Donald, yell, "Hey, fat ass!" If I was Don- <laughs> if I was Donald Trump, I'd go, "Hey, you fat fuck! Yeah, you need to lose some weight." You know what? Yeah, I'm, it, I'm, over, I'm over that. I know, and, and I'm worse than that. I'm over people making excuses for him right. for doing that because sometimes he does some good things. Well, but you because know, that is enabling that it is. It, it is enabling. And, and I agree with you about him being a blunt tool. I agree with that. But I something has to be done about China. And he's the first person to stand up to him. <laughs> All right, he is. All right, name. All right, you. All right, we're name, gonna, we're name, gonna, name another president who has. Uh, well, that's again. I'm not going to be glib about it, but that yeah. I think that gives him more credit than he deserves. He's loudest and he's most obnoxious and he's most blunt and he's most whatever. You know, run all the the emotions right. that you can. I think it's I think it's disingenuous to say that he's the only president that's ever done it. Okay. Because we wouldn't be in this position if he wasn't. Oh, that's not true. That's true. No, it's not. All right, let me just do this. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's move on to something else. Okay, we're, we're going to circle around. I, we just, you know, it's an ongoing thing, and we have, you know, it's it's all about the love, kids. Don't go. Mommy and daddy are are okay. It's fine. We're not arguing. I did well. Sure, we are. But I did this thing last week and didn't get a chance to put it on, and I thought it's good because it'll save for this week. I thought, you know, where I went looking for answers for this whole thing as far as what's going on with the economy and Trump's participations and his and behaviors and et cetera. Right. I went to the good book, presenting. The Gospel According to the Blab. So he looked down from heaven, and he saw his oceans were polluted, his skies thick with smog. Hatred and bigotry were rampant, compassion and tolerance, now crimes of the state. Children torn from their mother's arms, some lost forever. The temples once again infested with thieves and grifters and buffoons and heartbroken in anger. He let himself be heard for the first time in eons. Why? He thundered. 
And the masses rolled their eyes and replied, Spare us your chiding. We now serve the boy king. Who needs compassion or water or air or that sentimental and weak love one another nonsense? He has given us the greatest gift of all. A low unemployment rate. Well, yeah. Tip top shape. Sometimes we call it tippy top shape. There's a new substitute for Hail to the Chief. Now, before we get off on that or continue on to that, I want to move into this particular realm and talk real quick about impeachment, only in the context of you and I have agreed to agree that's the resource or that's the that's the only you know seemingly way to put a stop to a lot of this stuff. It's not practically going to happen under any circumstances, no. but here's something that popped in my head this week, and I thought I'd throw it out so we could chat about it, and it comes in this form impeachable don't matter squat if in the first place you're untouchable All right, this addresses a conversation that we had a little while back, and I'm going to throw it out because you made some really good salient points, and I, I logged that, and I wanted to share that with, with the folk. Oh, okay. This particular time in history, this particular circumstance, the forefathers, the founders, knew there would be conflict. Always. They assumed, and I'm assuming they assume, but I seem this seems like a common sense assumption to me, not something that I'm going off on a limb and talking about things I don't know anything about. They assumed that ultimately it would be differences between honorable, if passionate, patriots with a sense of unity and devotion to the country, ultimately. The system was designed to check and balance the three executive, judicial, legislative. But short of impeachment, and I guess you want you want credit for something Donald's done right. If even if inadvertently, damn right he has. He's shown the big ass flaw crack in the system, which is that with the exception of impeachment, there doesn't seem to be any remedy in the perfect storm we seem to be in when a president decides to say, "Fuck you." I'm not going to be bothered with your rules or your regulations. I'm not going to answer your subpoenas. I'm not going to be sued. I can you know you can't touch me. I can say and do whatever I want and. And the reason I use the untouchables as an old baby boomer favorite is when you've got a Senate leader who plays the role of Frank Nitty, okay, <laughs> instead of Elliot Ness, defender of what's right and what's good. And you, you and I talked about this before we went on tonight. And I said, and let me say this, in, let me say this with all due respect to the Senate majority leader, okay, if God forbid something should happen to either Donald Trump or Mitch McConnell, and it happened to Mitch McConnell first. Okay, we're on our way to solving some problems. So are you saying there's somebody you like less than Donald? Yes. Oh, oh wait a minute. We have a love affair. No. I'm being Scott honest. Scott the Don. I you know, I'm not I'm not untouchable, unreachable or or unconvincible. Oh, by the way, the last segment, yeah. He's now getting by bipartisan support. He a, who? Donald with a tariff war. Schumer. Uh I didn't Schumer tweeted this morning supporting the. Uh, well, yeah, okay, all right. Yeah, I mean, so I'm happy. This is this is my mind, Scott. I'm happy that both sides of the aisle 
see that something needs to be done. Whether what we're doing is right. Once again, for what I right. hope will be the last time, at least tonight, I agree. Again, okay. read my lips. I agree that something needs to be done. I agree the heart valve needs to be replaced. I have a serious problem with allowing the jackhammer operator yeah, I know. to, to yeah, do I, that, and, and I don't understand why people can be so casual and say, eh, you know, at least it's getting done. Okay. I can solve your rat problem in your barn. Burn down the barn. There you go. There you have Is it. Is that how we're going to do it? Maybe. Well, <laughs> okay. So anyway, this is what I said four years ago, eight years ago, nine years ago, whenever the hell it was, when Donald was elected, I said my cynical moment said, well, this had to happen so that we can all prove to enough people that it can never be allowed to happen again. This has also shined a light on the inequity in our system. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because a, a lot of people in a position to do things are going, well, what do we do now? Because there's always been that, you know, Richard Nixon's presidency came Step to an down, end yeah. because his own party shut him down. Right. His own party went to him and said, Mr. President, you can't do this. This is dishonorable. Okay. Mitch McConnell is more of a slimeball gangster than Donald Trump is. Well, now what do you do? Uh-oh. Now, I put this together for you. Because you had shared this thing with me earlier in the week. And uh, here, I'll do a quick setup, and then uh, we'll play this, and we'll, okay. we'll chat about it. Right after he was elected president, Donald Trump's people uh, got in touch with Steve Harvey, the commentator, comic, talk show, game show, ubiquitous Steve Harvey, the black Ryan Seacrest. Uh, <laughs> Never quite heard him called that before. He's ubiquitous. He's like he's like he's the black Michael McDonald. He's, he's on everything. He's in everywhere. So. He just spoke recently to some kind of gathering, a convention, or a committee meeting, or something in some hotel ballroom. And you sent me the uh, chunk of this video. When the committee it was a a <clears throat> gathering of his, his peers, his peers. Okay, black people. Is yes. Okay. Yes. Which is fine. He was he was speaking. Darkies, and he related anecdotally how he was called to come to the White House or come to where Trump Tower because mm-hmm. Trump hadn't been sworn in yet. And he relates the story of what happened and what happened. And you and I talked about this, and I wanted to share this so we could talk about this on the show tonight. Now, I edited this because it goes on about seven or yeah, eight it's, minutes. It's long. I did not change it, and I did not change the context. <clears throat> I simply right. chopped enough so that you'll get the gist of what it was. And if I've Alter that in any way. Feel free to say, hey, and I'll go. I'll point it out to you. And I'll, and I'll do my best Donald impression, and I'll say, fuck you. Okay. <laughs> How's that? This is Steve Harvey talking to. You're testy tonight. I talk, like it. I'm testy. He's talking to his audience, and he's relating the anecdote of how he was called to the White House, or excuse me, to Trump Tower to visit with uh, Donald Trump. I go up there. President Trump did not know why I was there. But he was accommodating. I'm going to give the man this. The man was very congenial. And we're sitting there. He says, so, Steve, what can I do for you? So I said, well, there's really nothing I want you to do for me. I said, I want to do something for you. I said, if you've appointed Dr. Ben Carson the head of HUD, and I would like to help him. I said, I can help him with some of these urban situations because I'm from there. And I want to do something to help him. He said, so what do you want to do? I said, well, I have a mentoring program, but my mentoring program is restrictive because I can only do about a 1,000 boys, and I can do them only one time a year in each city. I want to create vision centers around the country where I can take these schools that you're closing in the inner cities, take 
HUD funds, put it with them, and then go in and refurbish these schools and buildings and turn them into a place where boys and girls can come and learn life skills and parents can come and learn financial skills, literacy skills to make it. And then eventually, I would like to build vision homes around it to help support these communities so we have wonderful communities. I want people who are less fortunate to have a better way of life. He said, I like that. Let me get Ben Carson on the phone right now. I kid you not, in two minutes he had Ben Carson on the phone. He put Ben Carson on the phone and he and I started talking and I introduced the concept to him of Vision Homes right there in the office. He said it's a done deal. I've since then that, that well, the problem I had was after the meeting was over, I was supposed to go downstairs by myself and go on over to the rope and address the media. President Trump said, Steve, I'm going to go down with you. All right. <laughs> we get off the elevator. We walk up to the rope. All the cameras are on. And first thing he said, what we're going to do first thing in this office is replace and repeal Obamacare. I'm standing there. I went. <laughs> Look at the tape. Go back and look at the tape and look at Steve's face. Because I'm going, that ain't shit we said upstairs. I'm sorry. That's not what we said upstairs. (laughs) Okay. So, he, the story tells itself. You Donald him. Your your take on it when you and I were talking about this the other day was what? Okay, my take on this, Scott, was... uh, I actually think Trump, at his core, wants to do good. I, I and I, I wholeheartedly believe that based on a number of things. But in this situation, as Steve already said, he was accommodating. He he immediately liked the idea. Immediately got Ben Carson on the phone and put the wheels in motion. And if you listen to the end of the clip, now they're building, they're building these vision centers that that Steve Harvey's idea. Mm-hmm. So it's actually it's not it wasn't an empty promise. And what I my exact words were to you were, I think Trump's good at his core, but then Donald Trump gets in the way. If you know what I mean, yeah. I I came back to you with he's his own worst enemy. Well, yeah, and and, but and then you said you don't think he's good at his core, and and it was no, no, I didn't say that. What I said was I don't trust his motivations to be anything other than self-gratifying because I believe the man has, and this is just, we've all got our opinion of the guy and we've all got our opinions about everything. Here's mine about him. And this has been the reason that I've been so anti Donald since get go. And I didn't like the motherfucker before a long time before he ran for president because I I don't, he's just, he's well, that's didn't like the way he said you're fired. You're fired. No, he just, he just pushes a lot of my buttons, which is my problem to deal with, and I get it. Well, he's but, a but bully. I said, he's a bully, well, and he's always been a bully. And, you know there's, and, yeah. this is, and this is the reason why, and this is the thing that flips me, and especially in this particular job that he's in now, okay? He can't stand not being – he's got no self-esteem, none. You know, and you know this. You're not a psych student. No, I'm not a psych student, but you know damn well at this point in your life, the people who have no self-esteem are the people who keep pushing and bullying and trying harder. Your classic textbook bully is the person that has to be a bully because they can't simply rely on the self-confidence they possess to just yes. be a nice guy. And we we both agree with that. I mean, I'm not I'm not denying that. So I don't trust anything he does to have any motivation other than 
or at least first and foremost motivation being, I can make some points out of this and people are going to love me and adore me. Okay? There's a method to his madness. Now, if we happen to stumble into some things that are advantageous for the country, this falls into broken clock territory. And if those things happen, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not so so narrow minded, as narrow minded as I am about this. I mean, did you really think that uh, he he said he liked Steve Harvey's idea just so people would love him, or or did he actually think it was a good idea? I don't think there's any separation between the two. I think it's symbiotic. He's just that's how he functions. You know, so he said, this is a good idea and people are going to love me. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's just my read on the guy. And again, fine. But the point being, look what he did. Okay. Yeah. He goes down and even Steve Harvey said, and Harvey was, was tactful about it. Well, no. And then that was just, that was him being Donald. You know what I mean? Well, then fine. Let him be Donald. I mean, just don't live in the damn Oval Office while he's being Donald. I, I know. I'm saying. As I said, I, I said, I think at his core he wants to do good, but he, but Donald gets in the way. Well, that's like a miserable person that moves to California to get away from being miserable. But you're going to be miserable because you're taking the miserable person with you to California yourself. I got it. I got you know? it. But the paradox here also is that the only person who seems to be able to get Donald out of Donald's way is Donald, and Donald's not inclined to do that. No, no because Donald, obviously not. out of self-defense, emotional self-defense, he, yeah. he cannot be wrong. Have you ever heard him say anything about being wrong about anything? He's no. A, he's a professional no. victim. Like the bully. All right, so yeah, well, all built. All we're we're into clear grasp of the obvious. All right, we're on Facebook Live. You can also see rebroadcasts of the show each and every week. I get it up usually around Thursday noon time. It's on the YouTube channel. It's on Facebook Live. But let me do a little quick. I'm didn't. I, <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Your friend Jeannie told him said I'm gullible. <laughs> You're gullible? <laughs> yeah. That's good. That's a good one, Jeannie. Thank Jeannie! You. All right. Jeannie wins an all-expense-paid trip to watch the show next week. Um, <laughs> that is hysterical. What I was going to say was, as far as the rebroadcast is concerned, let, take my advice, please, folk. Watch it on Facebook. Watch it on Facebook. Go to the Facebook page, which is at We Be The Blab. Don't go to the YouTube channel. And the reason why, very quickly, is that for reasons that path at all understanding... YouTube automatically, their algorithms will pull out pieces of music that I may use that have some kind of copyright. You know, there's 83,000 billion, kabillion copyrighted pieces of material on YouTube, and nobody gives a frog's ass. But for some reason lately, and not every piece of music that I put into the production of the show. Just certain ones, yeah. But there will be gaps if you watch it on YouTube. If you watch it on Facebook. Is that the universal thing for gaps? Yes. I like that. If If you watch it here on Facebook, on the Facebook page, We Be The Blab, it's unfettered. It's unredacted. Let's put uh, it that Unredacted. Way. There we go. There you go. All right. I have a question for you. Well, that's no, not even a question because it turns out that uh, they brought me a little thing, and uh, it has to do with there's a, there's a method to your madness or there's just meth to your madness. the name of that song <laughs> that was the one non-hit off that album i think every other song was a hit except for that i don't know but in my in my quest to always find the clever segue into what we're talking about i thought uh, you know if we're talking meth baby then speed demons words That's there it. you go so so what kind of meth is it are we talking about here well this is a big meth uh, apparently 
A child finds $40,000 worth of meth in a Lego box set that they bought from a consignment shop. <laughs> so apparently in, in South Carolina, um, a, as she was visiting from Georgia, so she, she saw this box of Legos in, in the consignment shop. She bought it for her son, takes it home. She doesn't open it up. The kid opens it up, and it's $40,000 of meth. <laughs> and they probably paid like two cents for it. So, I mean, it's a nice, wow. that's a nice, that's a nice take there. It is. So, uh, apparently, um, apparently this is not an uncommon thing. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that, uh, drug, drug dealers do is they'll mail boxes to vacant properties in hopes that their, cur- their courier will pick up the vacant, you know, the, the, the box or whatever they sent. Okay. So they pack, they pack this shit up, apparently, sent it to an address. I guess somebody opened it up and was like, oh, Legos, and we just donated to the consignment shop. <laughs> <laughs> so what would you do, Scott? You know. Or is that the Breaking Bad Lego set? Yeah. Maybe that's that. That's yeah. what that is. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. You don't even, you, you don't have anything? I don't. You know, I... <laughs> I, I need a vacation, man. I'm like, just when you thought you saw it all. I'm mental. Well, this is my point. I'm I'm mentally exhausted, and I find myself more and more often, and because of the nature of putting this together with you, and the other stuff that I do, more and more, I'm thinking to myself, "Oh, I'm Tommy Lee Jones in the Fugitive." And this, just, I don't care. <laughs> this just in: <laughs> a frozen strawberry shipment from Mexico contained twelve point seven million dollars worth of meth. That was that was today. That was taken today. So, well, I'm an alcoholic. I haven't had an alcoholic beverage since 1986, but I'm an alcoholic. So there's that, and so I don't do the preachy stuff when it comes to life-altering substances. But I will say this, <laughs> as Randy Newman. Would, but I will say this. Um, this gets into last time I, this something like this came up, and I'm thinking Jeannie now because she's the one who said was it last week or week before when she said oh, oh, a little more philosophical than usual. On the <laughs> yes, yeah. And I find myself tempted to, to wander. You're off, philosophical. I'm gullible. Wander off that path again and say that you know this is this is every day that passes. I'm more and more convinced, not in a flag waving the end is near way, but just in a kind of a kind of coming to terms with it in my own life. This is a fallen, fucked up world. Oh yeah, it, and it, it's not going to get it's better. heading south. It's not going to get any better it's this gonna it's the sound you're hearing is the you know circling the drain and i mean that's and i don't as as pessimistic cynical negative all that shit that i get accused of and to some extent is true but not completely even with all that it bothers me to say that it bothers me to say you know what the fuck and see when i try to be optimistic (laughs) i get called gullible by your friend gd so that hurts you didn't it that's four times you've mentioned it (laughs) no oh i'm gonna get that woman (laughs) all right i'm gonna give uh, dave a minute to regroup we will uh we'll be back that's too funny Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. May the blab be with you. Sometimes I just don't understand human behavior. I have exactly the same problem. <laughs> All right, we're on Facebook Live, streaming live right now until 8 o'clock, and you can check us out at the, uh, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, you're on the YouTube channel is at we be the Blab. You can also email us, it's uh, WeBeTheBlab at gmail.com yes, if you're yes. so inclined. We'd love to hear from you. And here's a little segment that we invented. <laughs> we invented? We invented. Well, Dave and I have been talking about this. We're refining the show as we go, and it's going to be, 
my best my best ambition is to talk about a lot of stuff, but inevitably politics is the is the elephant in the room, and we're going to talk about it because we're we're interested and passionate about it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, uh, I said to you the other day that when I go back and look at the rebroadcast, I think to myself, well, maybe we can smooth this out and do this and da da da. And I like structure. I like segments. when it gets like too smooth, dance. it's uh, yeah, it's boring. Well, yeah, it's never going to be that smooth. Don't worry about that. <laughs> But I thought, you know, we should just occasionally do what you and I usually do a lot of the time, which is to sit there and just shoot the bull back and forth. And so I put it in a segment, and we call it just two guys talking. I like it. All right. We talked about Game of Thrones not too long ago right here on the old show, and you and I both raised our hands to be we've never seen a single never episode. Never seen a single now, episode. Everybody's going batshit crazy because the show is coming to an end, and apparently the last two episodes, the previous two episodes, have been just crazy nut, wacko, wacko do. But World-shattering to the viewers. And, but here's the thing, and the reason I brought it up and it came to my attention was that social media can't get enough of Game of Thrones. Well, mm, Hardcore fans are furious with HBO over the show that aired Sunday, calling it sloppy writing and sloppy character arts. Arcs, beg your pardon. <laughs> then there's the spoiler alert stuff if you haven't already seen it. Um, there's a whole bunch of things where they had editing editor editing problems. There was a some guy's hand that had been chopped off grew back, and it wasn't supposed to be there, and et cetera, et cetera. And the, the sentence that caught my eye and inspired this particular mode of conversation was, the debate is currently raging on Twitter. Now, that to me, sums up not only the Game of Thrones thing, but something that for me falls into the category of something I struggle with a little bit. Not a lot, but a little bit. I've always worked in creative businesses. Mm -hmm. In August, I will be 68 years old, which means that I am a couple of months and two years away from being 70 years old. So if anybody's qualified to be an old fart fogey, I'm the guy. But because of my professional life, because of my likes, dislikes, preferences, the things I do. I've never really been that guy. I'm not that, you know, at least much of that guy. Some of it's inevitable. In my day, we used to have, but at the same time, more and more, I'm like Khan in the Wrath of Khan. Mm-hmm. They task me. <laughs> they task me. Because I read this and I go, the debate is raging on Twitter, which is... The usual sensationalistic crapola. It's raging in 140 and characters. And they're going back and forth and spending all this time talking about, you know, there was a Starbucks cup in one of the scenes of Game of Thrones, and this went on for days, and people are doing it. I'm thinking to myself, and again, I don't want to sound like the old fart fogey, but I think it's maybe inevitable. You know, we've still got homeless veterans. We've mm-hmm. still got people starving to death. We've still got kids in cages at the border. We've still got, still got, still got, still got, still got. But let's spend a whole lot of time raging about there being a fucking Starbucks cup on, and it comes back to that, what's that word I'm looking for? Self-absorbed, narcissistic. Me. Whole culture. Well, yeah. Me, enough, me, me, enough me, about me. me. What do you think about me? Yes. Do you have any thoughts on that besides just agreeing with me wholeheartedly? I could care less about the great Game of Thrones or them raging on Twitter. I, I just ignore it. I understand. You're, you're bothered more me, than I am. Me too. No, no. I, it's the bigger picture. It's the, the, it's, oh, it's, the bigger it's, picture. It's the philosophy underneath it all. Well, a very narcissistic society and it, that we've become. And that that's that well, what are we going to do about it? Uh, are we just going to shrug and say that's it? I think you pointed out to me one day, and and, and it was brilliant. And, and I'm going to call you brilliant. Um, see, see, 
we are what three generations removed four four generations removed you're gonna from use, you're gonna use my thing i'm gonna use your thing <laughs> they're, they're, Be kind we don't it. i don't use this thing often now because it is almost 70 years old anyway <laughs> anyway um we're four generations removed from world war Two. world war Two, but anything that could even be considered sacrifice for your country or for you know your yeah, let me help your fellow you out. man. Let me help you out. Yeah, I I, I was paraphrasing. Not I very know. Well. Let me help you out because people won't won't get the whole thing of the thing. What I said to you the first time we talked about this was it's been World War Two ended in nineteen forty five. Yes, that's uh, sixth grade math skills. Fourteen carry the one forty five three hundred and seventy eight seventy four years ago. <laughs> yes, a generation is approximately twenty years. So now we're at almost four generations. Four times twenty being eighty. We're at four generations since World War Two. Yeah. That means not only me, but my kids who are adults. My kids are middle-aged. My sons are 45 and 43, respectively. Their kids. I've got two granddaughters who are are high school graduates. It goes all the way back down that, okay, four generations who have grown up since the end of World War II. There's been no great depression. And I'm not talking about life's travails i'm not talking about recessions and sometimes it's you can't pay your bills and i'm not talking about the gulf war and shit like that i'm talking about major catastrophic world involved things in which it was necessary to sell apples on the street like the great depression right or a world war where everybody had to sacrifice and, and ration the food and ration the tires that's 80 years of none of that and i think one of the major <clears throat> excuse me results of that is so many people, and now maybe the lion's share of the population have no sense of sacrifice whatsoever. No, and, and the other thing is so, the rise of social media. I mean, people actually, they'll post a picture of their dinner. Like, like anybody, why would you care about what somebody ate? You know, why? I mean, I've posted pictures of food before, but it's to do a... You know, usually you know, an advertisement for Jeff. I know? don't understand that. I, I do about 91 selfies a day, and I've never done anything with food. Well, it's it's always know. me. It's always you. <laughs> All about you. It's always my face. It's always it maybe you and the cat. Maybe, maybe the cat. Yeah, you Sometimes and the cat. Sometimes it's the cat. Your right, poor, I, your poor wife. You, she's left out of everything. Nah, she's the same. <laughs> I I think what I, all I did there was make a clear point. Was a clear grasp of the obvious. It's like you know what, and and let me just let me hedge the bet a little bit for people who say, well, you know, you just don't like Game of Thrones. You know what? I'm not taking your Game of Thrones away from you. No. I, I'm saying knock yourself out, have some fun. But you know what? If you put three-quarters of the energy into doing what you could to get yourself informed properly about what your candidates stand for and vote the right people into office, you could get a whole lot of shit accomplished, too. You know, take a little time in addition to watching Game of Thrones and worrying about all the time and et cetera, et cetera. Is that too much to ask? Apparently, yes. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. All right. And in that spirit, because we want to be positive and give, you know, kindness and and, um, recognition and awards. You got to pick the stick this week. Ah, yes, I did. Yes, I did. So without further ado, or any doo-doo, ladies and gentlemen, Dave Simmons presents this week's Stick of the Week. Brand new life, brand new life, brand new life around the bay. Ah, 
you got to go way back for that one, baby. You have any idea what uh, that was? Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, Alyssa. So what's your problem what with Alyssa's? Alyssa's a, a bright, smart, you what? know, at least she's not Alexandria she Ocasio-El-Greco. <laughs> she is she's a brick. That's a brick? what she is. Thick as a brick. Is that worse or better than a doorknob? Worse. <laughs> okay. Okay. She tweeted out this week. I'm going to read her exact tweet. Would you? Yes. Okay. Our, our reproductive rights are being erased. Yeah. Until women have legal control over their own bodies, we just cannot risk pregnancy. Join me in capital letters, all caps. Join me. I saw that. By not having sex until we get bodily autonomy back. Yeah. I'm calling for a hashtag. Scott, no. Hashtag sex strike. Pass it on. Yeah. And, when did, and what's what's the date on that? When did she do that? It was oh, like last I, week, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like last week. Yeah, the response has been whelming. Yes. I just thought everyone would know. Yes. And I got to tell you something, and this will, this is going to sound like faint praise, but take it for what it's worth. Okay. I don't think even Donald is so stupid <laughs> as to stand up publicly and say, everybody stop having sex. And that will make everything better. And hashtag it, pass it on. I, you know what? I've got a, I got a hashtag for Alyssa. <laughs> Hanging. No, 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 no. Hashtag. Your husband will get it somewhere else if you don't give it to him. Uh, <laughs> hit my hit my my little rim shot, Scott. Oh, sorry. I see. I forgot what it was. There, there you go. Okay. Yeah, that was dumb. Uh, yeah. So I mean, I will. Although, and I don't know for a fact. And this is where see, even I can be see the other side of it. I don't know this to be the case. Perhaps she intended to be ridiculous. Perhaps she, you know, there's a bill somewhere in one of the states. Some legislator, or female legislator, has put in outlawing masturbation. I saw that saying that you know, if you, if you, and I broke that this afternoon. If you men, <laughs> and I'm not going to rip shot that. Um, I need to put a oh in the buttons. But if you can, if you white old men can regulate what women can do with their bodies, then we should be able to turn around. And it was an intentional, et cetera, et cetera. Now, maybe that's what Alyssa was going for. I don't think so. I either. don't think, I think so either with the caps, join me. All right. She's, yeah. Yeah. No, she's a doorknob. I mean, at least she didn't do that when somebody wanted to sleep with her. Bless her heart. Yes. Okay. That's what they say in the South, you know. <laughs> how, do, how do they say, uh, trust me in show business? It's the same way they say, fuck you in uh, the South. Yeah. Bless his heart. Bless his heart. Bless his heart. All right. Flashing news. I was going to play this earlier in the show, but I thought an apropos because there are now, when I wrote this piece this, this afternoon, this morning, there were 22 announced candidates for the Democratic nomination because uh, Steve Bullock. Yeah, I saw that. Governor of Montana, I think. Mm -hmm. Okay, he announced. I don't know whether you know it or not. But tomorrow, Bill de Blasio, the mayor of New York City, is going to announce. So that's 23. Yeah, which makes like 23 or 24. And that's like time, a couple baker's dozens. I thought, you know, well, people are just going to be so confused. But I like music. You like music. Yes. And I thought, maybe I can help out in a little bit of a cause. So I put together this real quick thing. We're going to do a little break here. And while the break is happening, you'll hear this. There won't be any fun visual to go with it. But just listen to it because it happens fast. And I poured my heart and soul into it, man. Okay. So there's that. All right, and this is by way of helping you to remember who the candidates are. It's cleverly entitled and written by me. Did I mention that? I, I you In a narcissistic that, yes. society. It's cleverly called, if I do say so myself, it's cleverly called the, uh, what's it called? Oh, it's called the Candidate Song. 
there's Hick and Loper, Cory Booker, Julian Castro, Amy Kay, Tulsi Gabbard, John Delaney, maybe Cher along the way, Michael Bennett, Michael Keaton, Michael Rowe, the boat ashore, Molten Seth, Ryan Tim, we haven't heard of him or him, Mr. Bullock, his name's Steve Inslee, he's Seattle's liege, Andrew Yang, some guy named Wayne, Mayor Pete has quite a flair, Tinky Winky, Lala Poe and Dipsy, how'd they get in there? Courtney, Chloe, Kanye's wife can't be left out to save their life. Just for fun, let's write in votes for our boy George and Jane, his wife. Bernie Biden Beto at this moment seemed to have the edge shooting up the charts as our boy Pete pronounced it Buttigieg, Elizabeth, and Kamala, or John Paul George, or Ringelai. Any one of those out there, or Doris Day, don't care. Even Millard Fillmore, don't care. Because, yes, this is some crazy shit. But when you get right down to it... The winner only needs to be anyone on earth but Donald T. We keep it in tip-top shape. We call it sometimes tippy-top shape. <laughs> oh, well, you know, it'll be available on Blu-ray, CD, <laughs> and uh, MP3 download at your local... Uh, at first, I thought you were heading the REM. Uh, it's the end of the world as we know it. No. No, Emporium, uh, Emporium Gorium. <laughs> All right. Uh, Awesome. What else? Well, you know, it was a little thing I threw together because it was the least I could do because you and I both know. Because you always do the least. I always do the least (laughs) least that I can do. All right. Believe it or not, we're surging ahead time-wise, so I'm going to skip a couple things. And you know what? Let's just do two guys talking some more. Men, 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 manly men, 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 That's right, and uh, I got something. Scott. We, are we, uh, I know you do, and you need to see a doctor as soon as possible. What is the, now? I'm going to title this. This is some crazy shit. Did you see where they're charging Tiger Woods with wrongful death? Oh yeah. Uh, how how much? I mean, that's complete bullshit. Yeah, but that's that's again. That's part of the generation that doesn't. You know, there's there's no self awareness. There's no well, consequences. There's yeah. no you know. Yeah. Uh, what what if? What do you think about me? What have you done for me lately? And uh, how can I blame you and you blame me? I've got, you know, yeah, I don't know. See, this is the, the problem that I have with it, besides the fact that it's a problem in, in general, is that uh, it's the way my brain separates these things out is that it's it's like playing a chess game in which there's only two moves and the two neither one of the two moves is attractive to me. In my head, the way I feel about it is I have to keep wailing on this stuff and sooner or later, usually sooner. People and even I, believe it or not, get tired of of hearing it, and I get tired of saying it. Right. The only other option is to ignore it or shrug it. Because right now, I think, with the way things are with stuff like that and the volume and saturation of like that, to ignore it and put on that Hallmark card, Khalil Gibran happy face bullshit is just is just denying reality. Yeah. It doesn't mean you walk around in a permanent state of doom and gloom. And I find things in the day that I enjoy, and you know, I, you golf. Well, I don't mean that. Yeah, but I mean I'm talking about social interaction. Right, you, right, you and I are not always talking. No, we no, just no. Chat, you know, we okay. But, but there you go. And again, what are you going to do? I think what what really needs to happen, honest to God, I think what needs to happen. And I don't want to wish bad or harm or death and destruction on everybody or anybody. 
But this ties into the whole thing about the four generations with no sense of self-sacrifice. I think what's going to have to happen. Sharknado? Well, yeah. (laughs) But I think so. I think a worldwide plague. I think an asteroid. I think something that just devastates the hell out of everything and just kind of levels the playing field. Like God goes or nature goes or whatever. It's like pretend the earth is an etch-a-sketch. It's got to be and we start over again. Because I don't think it's going to fix itself. And I'm not sure anymore that, especially with what's happened in the last few years, I'm just not sure that that we or anybody's got enough resources to, to be able to turn it around. I think we may be past a point of no return. I we hope, I we hope might not. be. I hope yeah. not. I mean, I, I'm optimistic. I hope not. But Well, you're gullible. Um, so, apparently, apparently, but I, I mean, but I mean, you're more optimistic about the other side of the aisle than I am. I think both sides of the aisle are so screwed up. We're never going to be right. What gave you the impression that I'm optimistic about anything? Well, that's true. I, I, <laughs> I, I redact that. <laughs> that's going to be redacted when we, when we put this out. I don't, I don't know why I'm applauding you, but you know. well, all right. And here's the thing. And I didn't mean to segue into this, but just to say it's not always gloom and doom. Although I did have a snarky punchline on the story. I don't know whether you saw this one. Uh, I saw it this morning in one of the prep things. An eighth grader, and it doesn't say where here, he kicked off a GoFundMe page on oh, I saw that. April yeah. 21st called Lunch Counts. He's 12 years old. His name is Ben Hofer. And again, I don't have in front of me what school district this is. He raised $8,000, and he did it to pay off, because we talked about this lunch lunch debt shit last week. He did it to pay off the student's school lunch debt in his school district. Okay, He took an interest. He So-called lunch shaming is happening in schools. Mm -hmm. Not only the kids being shamed, but probably being bullied by other kids because they can't afford to have anything but a a sunflower butter sandwich or whatever the hell that was. I got a question. Did they take his money? Yes. Okay, because they wouldn't take that restaurant. Remember the restaurant guy tried to pay? Well, yeah, because the, the, the school district pussied out and didn't. I'm sorry, that's 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 that's, that's uh, misogynistic. We need a new word for that. They Alyssa Milano'd out. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, I was going to say Donald out, but he's the same dip. When he first launched the project, his goal was to raise $3,200 at three schools, but he doubled that, raising almost half of the lunch debt of the entire school district. And good for you, yay, the yes, and hope. Well, hell, you get there. See, now that's what we need more of in children. Well, yeah, and I think the kids, are, if there's any salvation, it's going to be, as Whitney Houston said, I believe the children are the future. Bubble, bubble, as she'd sunk in the tub. But here's, um, but here's my two cents rim shot, but I'm saying <laughs> that I added when I posted. I posted that on my Facebook page this morning as the way of sharing a little good news, and it's not always gloom and doom and Donald. Right. What I said was, though, and I meant it, and it's just because I, the opportunity comes to say these things and you put it out there and hope something will happen as a result of it that's my thing i said the moral of that story that kid raising eight grand is this when an eighth grade kid shows more compassion and more get it done than your whoever you might be than your elected leader then you are making extremely bad decisions every time you walk in a voting booth yes and there's that. <laughs> and on that subject, real quick, let me say this, because it, it popped into my head today when I was hitting that nine iron like nobody's business. It's just those moments. A friend of mine, good friend of mine, who passed away a, a few years ago, 
quoted me once. She and I worked together in the music business and, and wrote some stuff, and she was a very gifted writer and all that. And she quoted, I think it was Joseph Campbell, the writer who wrote the quote, and she quoted it to me one time. She said, he said, knowledge without works is sin. Meaning, for those who need the closed caption, <laughs> if you've got an ability, use it. Yes. Use it or lose it. It's a gift from God. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I'm not going to get into a 30-minute thing that's going to turn Jeannie against me tonight and say philosophical, philosophical. I see Jim Neighbors running across. She's the- already against right. one of us. Don't make it. Per- and that don't was, make that, it a duo. That, that was the wrong way to put that. I, she, Jeannie's a friend and a fan, and I appreciate that. She's not. She's not against us at all. It's just. Um, I, I humorously picture Gomer running across the, citizen, the town square. Citizens array us. <laughs> philosophical, philosophical. Okay, well, but here it is. We're all given gifts. Yes. I was given, and it's a gift, and I've always considered it one. I was a long time ago, for whatever reason, God only knows, was given the gift of gab or the gift of words, the gift of being able to create thoughts and express them in a way that are, are, are eloquent. And I'm not bragging on myself. I know what I'm bad at. I suck. This is not about hooray for me. This is just, I recognize that, and I recognize that gift. Honest to God, there are lots of times and more each passing day when I say to myself, you know what, I'm tired of talking about this. I'm tired of writing about this. I don't want to do it anymore. Okay. And I know there are probably a lot of people who who go, yeah, damn right. (laughs) But you know what? This is my gift. This is my knowledge. This is my power. To not use it is sin. Right. Okay. Because if something that I say can move someone to do something that would have a positive impact or make a change for the better, mm-hmm. and I don't want to get all Hallmark Cardi because that's not my style. So I've got the chops. I'm going to use them. Right. What I offer in return is this, in this particular format or anything else that I do. Nobody's holding a gun to anybody's head. If you want to listen, then listen. If you want to. You know, if you want to turn this, if you want to watch this program later or don't watch it at all, and you want to go off and watch Game of Thrones, knock yourself out. It's a free country. But I feel like unless I use it, I'm disrespecting the fact that I'm the given the ability to right. you, like your uh, little drum thing. You know? My little drum thing. <laughs> you just hit me twice. My little thing and my little drum. Your little drum thing. Okay. You're so cruel. Scott. Well, you know, You're I'm so cruel. cruel. I'm cool. I'm so cool to a heart. That's true. All right. So as it turns out, golly gosh, look there. We've only got four or five minutes. And I know, I know the part of the show you look forward to the most. Although I will tell you this, because we're loosey-goosey with the flexibility. Did you bring anything in particular that you really want to no, no, before I'm, we go? I'm, or I'm good, stuff? man. I'm good. Well, I cut out a whole chunk of stuff here because, you know, that little freestyling thing we did where we just were talking and we weren't segmenting, and that worked out pretty good. Well, I thought it was interesting. Next week, I'm thinking about doing absolutely jack shit in the way of, pre- way of preparation. I Go for it. No, you'd miss the cards and the little music. <sighs> Roll no, the dice. Nice touches. No, little nice touches. But i tell you what we will do. We will do um, rim shots. May I just say the reason I do that is because I, maybe this makes me the evil bad guy. I love Christmas music. Yes. I don't like hearing it starting in late July, which is the way we do things in America now. But I can't I can't deal with the little drummer boy. That's the one Really? Yeah. I don't know whether it's because of the monotony of the parumpa pum pum. Uh, Faith Hill did a hell of a version of it. That I can deal with without one. The best versions, Bing Crosby and David Bowie. That's different. 
because that's not a pure just little drummer boy. It's right. a little medley. Yeah, it's got some sentimental. I'm just talking about yeah. what somebody straight up does. Right. Although coming up the charts over the last few years, and when I've done music radio, you know, you get inflicted with having to play that stuff. And I wish I had a little piece of it so I could inflict it on everybody here tonight to prove the point. Little Drummer Boy is my personal, I can, if I never hear that Christmas song again, I'm, I'm cool and groovy. But number two and racing up with the possibility of taking over this year is Dominic the Donkey. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I saw his show in Miami one time. Yeah, uh, Lou Monty is his name. It's a, it's a. <laughs> no, the Donkey oh, Show. Oh, the Dope. <laughs> <laughs> you should press the damn button. <laughs> and he saw the show in Miami. Scott Edward Phelps. <laughs> okay. That's great. They talk the talk. Yeah. Wrong button. And that's pretty much pretty it. Pretty much don't it. Talk with your mouth full. And wow. we, uh, that is why he presses the buttons and I don't. Okay. Just for future use, the little purple the bl- one. Okay. The little okay. blue one there. All right. All right. Here's uh, real quick. Here's this week's rim shots. And then we're out of here. Uh, a recent meme, and I wish I should show you this, but I don't want to, listed the ratio of women's cup size to the n- that, yeah. of number of pancakes could be made in that cup. And it read, how much do your breasts weigh in pancake batter? Now, being the grammar, now, grammar Nazi rather than I am. I asked the more important question. Why would one want to put their breasts in pancake batter in the first place? <laughs> There's all kinds of fetishes. The CEO of Bed Bath & Beyond is stepping down. He was supposed to leave Bed Bath & Beyond last month, but on the way out, he kept seeing things he needed. <laughs> I wrote these in a hurry. And earlier today, I mentioned, and there will be two more before the nigh is nigh, 22 make it 24 candidates for the Democratic nomination for President of the United States. But in a burst of poetic irony, and I'm a numerology kind of guy, 22 is also the number of people who have to date in this administration been Secretary of State. It exceeds by one the total number of people who attended, actually attended the 2017 inauguration. And bonus irony, it exceeds by almost seven. Six, seven. Seven. The total IQ of any complete gathering at any of those ridiculous love me, worship me, praise me campaign rallies. Sadly, though, 22 is still bust in blackjack. <laughs> All right. And uh, real quick, if you're tired of fighting over armrests on the flight, a flight anywhere, and you're willing to pay a little more for it. The Ireland-based airline Aer Lingus is introducing a brand new. Fi- then don't go there. <laughs> is a brand not yet is a brand new fare that guarantees an aisle or window seat in the first row of the aircraft, with the middle seat empty for a roomier and more efficient travel experience. Now, for more details, go to you're going to pay for two seats because you're an idiot who fall for anything. dot com, <laughs> and second. And I wrote it right down here because great minds. Do you really want to fly on an airline called Air Lingus? <laughs> well, you know, that whole game plan is very cunning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you held off on the rim shot. I'm, I'm blinking. Help me. Damn you. <laughs> I'm blinking. I'm blinking. Help me. Okay. And last but not least, beach time is here. Yes. We live in a beach area. And this made me chuckle out loud today. Somebody posted it, one of those random thoughts, and I thought, there you go, that's funny as all giddy up. Taking a dog named Shark to the beach is a really, really bad idea. <laughs> yes, I saw that. Shark! Come here, boy. Oh, no. 
All right. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. You can check the replay tomorrow on YouTube channel, but trust me, go to the Facebook Watch page. Watch Facebook. At We Be The Blab. It'll be uncut, unredacted, and et cetera, et cetera. You got anything else you want to share? No, no. Thank, uh, we'd like to thank everybody who's watching after the fact. It's uh, we're, we're overwhelmed. Thank you so much. That's from from the heart, really. It really is. Oh, man. Don't, don't, you know? I'm going to tell you this. Okay. Is that about it? That's about it. All right. Good. Everybody be safe. Well, wait, 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 wait. Okay. Next week. I know where the button is Next now. week, Dave learns applause. <laughs> we'll see you next time on The Blab. The Blab.